Hey guys, just a quick thing before we start today's show. For some reason, the sound quality on my earbuds was really, really off during today's show. It seems to have gotten better while I'm recording this. I tested my mic and it seemed to sound better, but until my microphone gets back to me in the mail, I have to use these earbuds and I had to use them this week. And for some reason, I think it might have the microphone might have been against my shirt or something. It just sounded a lot worse than usual today. So I apologize for that. It's not unlistenable, but the sound is definitely a lot worse than it usually is with these earbuds. So I do apologize for that in advance. Um, so yeah, we have a fun guest on today's show. It's a longer episode, but I hope you guys enjoy. another edition of the second and goal fantasy podcast i'm calvin your host back here with your co-host chris the fantasy expert and in today's show we have a special guest and we'll be discussing the best and worst fantasy situations which i'll explain more later and then we'll have a mock draft after that to end the show our first uh mock draft of this offseason i think the first live one we've ever done on this show and like i said we have a guest we get both chris and i guested on his podcast a couple weeks ago Hutchinson Brown from The Young Fantasy Mind is joining the show. So make sure to subscribe to his podcast. It's called The Young Fantasy Mind. You can find it on basically any fantasy platform. And he has a fantasy football show like us, and it's really good. So you should go look for it. Hutchinson, thank you so much for joining the show. It's a pleasure to have you. I've been hoping to get you on here for a few weeks, but we've Chris and I have had busy schedules, so it hasn't really worked out until this week. But this is going to be a fun show. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. Uh, super stoked to be part of the show. This is going to be a very, very interesting show. I can't wait to discuss. And I'm just super appreciative to be on your show. And I, I had a blast with you guys on my show. And I think this is going to be the same. We're going to have a blast. Yeah. It'll be fun. Chris is here as well. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Just spent a, a nice week at the beach. So I'm all rested up. Got some good relaxed time. And I'm ready Ready to talk some fantasy right back on the grind. I'm excited. This is going to be a good show. It's good to have Hutchinson here. I love having guests on, and Hutchinson is a is has a really good fantasy podcast. Check his out. But uh, I hope I think that this will be a good show. Yeah, we'll be discussing some news first, but before that, I just wanted to mention some good news that I got and that all three of us got this weekend. So uh, basically, we got. Yeah. All three of us got our official invites to the Scott Fishbowl, and I'm sure many of you know what that is. But for those of you who don't, it's basically a massive, a massive, like over a thousand teams, well over a thousand teams, fantasy football league with mostly analysts, but there's a ton of fan spots as well. And it's all in the name of charity, raising money for charity. And it was really the first major charity event in the fantasy space. It's really the premier event. Most, uh, Pretty much every fantasy analyst you can imagine plays in it, big and small. Matthew Barry plays in it, the fantasy footballers. Both of the guests we've had on the show, Christopher Harris and J.J. Zacharyson, both play in it. Basically everyone. So it's basically the premier event in this space. And you can imagine all three of us were really, really excited to get our invites. Just wanted to mention that on the show because that was pretty exciting to get those this weekend. And yeah, if you want to sign up, you can go to scottfishbowl.com slash 2021 slash sign up and uh yeah we were, we were all really excited to get those in our emails this weekend oh yeah it was awesome i got i got pretty emotional i was just i was so pumped and i mean you know this if you guys don't know this this is like my first year i've been in this industry for like five months making the podcast for a few months and i just can't believe scott you know trusted me enough to get him in this tournament i'm just so excited 
Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to the draft is in early July and uh, we'll let you know, Chris and I will let you know how our drafts go on the podcast more yeah definitely Kevin and I are going to be so excited we'll definitely be giving you guys uh during the regular season updates on how our team is doing how we're looking and I mean this is just such a premier league and I love that it's all for a great cause donating donating to charities and so it's just really good to see the whole fantasy community kind of rally around charities and this one big league and it's an honor to be invited and I know that uh I'm definitely looking forward to it but now the way it begins, I have to wait until July. I'm going to be, it's going to be one of those things that crosses your mind at least once a day, but I'm very excited for, for the draft. And I'm excited because this is something that I've never done before. I'm kind of getting out of my comfort zone here with a massive league like this. I've never really expanded past, you know, a group of 12 guys. So I'm yeah. very excited to be in this league. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's run really just, I mean, it's run by really two people, Scott Fish, who is, obviously the namesake of the league and then ryan mcdowell who hosts the commission impossible podcast where they tell like commissioner stories stuff like that and scott fish is really involved with charity he does a lot of work for fantasy cares for toys for tots and obviously this league so um he also hosts like the longest running fantasy football show ever which is kind of cool but yeah it's really an honor to be invited to this league and it's really exciting we're gonna give you we're gonna be giving you lots of updates you'll probably get tired of us talking on and on about the Scott Fishbowl throughout the offseason and the regular season. Oh, yeah, same here, man. I'm going to give tons of updates, only if I'm winning. If I'm losing, I'll probably just forget about it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> wonder why you went silent. <laughs> but <laughs> right. uh, let's get started. We've got some news to talk about today. And the first piece of news, this is a bombshell that just dropped like a couple hours before we started recording this show. Um, the Tennessee Titans are currently the favorites to land Julio Jones, who has officially come out that he wants out of Atlanta. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reports that the widespread belief around the league is that Atlanta will swap Julio for a second round pick. They're currently asking for a first, but it seems that most league sources believe that they will go down to a second because teams just aren't willing to take on Julio's contract. He's 32 years old. But this is really interesting for fantasy. If this happens, I mean, I know two players whose fantasy values would be amazing. Ryan Tannehill, obviously, which soar. And then I don't know if Derrick Henry can get that much better than he already has been, but that'll make teams wary of stacking the box against him. But what do you guys think about this for Tannehill, Henry, and uh, A.J. Brown, who would be the other main uh, factor who's involved in this trade, the other main person who's affected? We'll start with you, Hutchinson. What do you think? So, yeah, look, I think this skyrockets Tannehill into a top 10 quarterback maybe even like a top eight, even top five quarterback. These these two together, if they're both healthy, are going to be insane on the field. And then Derrick Henry, too, as you said, like Derrick Henry, is he, he's just going to get have lanes to run. You can't just – you can't load the box like you can when it was A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Now it's A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. You can't just load the box against him every single play. You're going to get beat by Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And then the interesting one is A.J. Brown because I feel – I feel that he could have been amazing. Like he was going to get the load. Like he was going to get the full, full load. Oh yeah. But Julio is that same type of guy, you know, like Matt Ryan would lean on him. Julio would get tons of yards, tons of targets, tons of catches. They're both that kind of receiver. And I feel like it might clash a little bit, but I think AJ Brown will definitely be the number one. He has more, uh, he has more, he has a better relationship with Tannehill than Julio does. Julio is going to be in his first year in Tennessee. AJ Brown will still be the number one. He'll still be like a top eight fantasy receiver, but it'll definitely hurt his value. I had him as my wide receiver one, and I thought he was going to be absolutely spectacular this season. 
But Julio coming in will definitely move him outside the top five for me. I, I just – Yeah. Julio getting – I'm tough. not going to go as far. I mean, I didn't have A.J. Brown originally inside, like inside my top three. But I do think that there's definitely a case to be made even with Julio because the thing about this is – with Julio coming in, it really just kind of gathers up the targets that I think that Corey Davis and Jonu Smith were leaving or were had. So those two departures, they really made a ton of space just for another wide receiver to step up and get targets. And right now, adding Josh Reynolds and Des Fitzpatrick, that's not really who the Titans need to who those two players aren't gonna be able to take up a massive pass catching role. So I'm not as concerned about what A.J. Brown's target share is that it's going to dis- diminish a lot, at least from what it was last season. But I definitely think it just captures upside a little bit just because he's not going to be some target monster. I don't think he's going to be able to find his way into the top five in the in the league in terms of targets. It's really going to come down to whether or not he's getting in the end zone, and that's what he does best. So I'm still excited for A.J. Brown, but most of all, like we like both of you guys talked about, Tannehill is the big winner here. I mean, he's, he's a – He's at a. He's shown that he is still a talented quarterback, and now to have these two wide receivers, who I mean, Julio Jones has made Matt Ryan look incredible, and Matt Ryan a great quarterback, but Julio Jones has really helped uh, make Matt Ryan the quarterback that we know, he, or that we see the light make Matt Ryan kind of into the quarterback that we know him as today. And so I think that he can do the same thing with Tanhill. And uh, it's just kind of funny that we're talking about this. I just got a, a notification that. Russell Wilson and Julio had discussed playing together as Seattle oh, yeah. talked the trade with Atlanta. Oh, no, man. please don't. No, I don't want to hear that for fantasy. I don't want DK to have one catch in 15 games and then like eight and two others with two touchdowns. That mm-hmm. That's going to just make the Seattle offense even more inconsistent if that happened. But yeah. so, hold on. What, can I ask a question real quick? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. What do we think about Julio's value? Oh, man. I mean, I think Julio would probably be – I mean, he's definitely a top 15 receiver for me, I would say. I don't. Ju- I just don't know how far above that he would be because we know Julio struggled to stay healthy. And we know uh, we know Tannehill is, doesn't throw the ball the most just because they have Derrick Henry. But I could see Julio still putting up a lot of numbers because, as we know, Ryan Tannehill has been very efficient during his first couple of years as a quarterback just in terms of providing fantasy points relative to the amount of pass attempts he has. And that's because he has the best yards after catch receiver in the league in A.J. Brown. That's a big reason for it. So he just like his efficiency is pretty high consistently. With Julio, that should go up even more. And I think there should be space for both of them. So I'll say Julio's right around like borderline top 12, top 10 area. A.J. Brown, for me, he's not going to get that elite top three target share anymore but he might he's probably still going to be in the top 10 in targets this year uh, I would say and I think he's probably locked in as a top eight receiver like you said with potential to be even higher it's just I just think his potential to be the wide receiver one has been capped a little Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and that's kind of where I stand right now on Julio if he does go to the Titans he's not going to be the number one AJ Brown is still the number one in, in this offense and I mean he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the entire league but I do definitely expect Julio to be able to put together a solid uh, season. I mean, this offense would just open up too. This is going to be one of the highest scoring offenses if they manage to pull Julio in the combination of Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. And then you've definitely got a, a competent quarterback in Tanhill. It's going to be deadly. And just because of that, I think that there's going to be a lot of fantasy points that are going to be able to go around just because this is going to be a high-scoring team. So I definitely like Julio Jones to be a top 24 wide receiver at least. Yeah, de- yeah definitely top 24. I wouldn't be as high as Calvin is. I'd probably be more 
like in the 16 to 18 range. Mm-hmm. Adrian Brown, I feel like Julio is going to a very different system, a very run heavy, different type of system. And it's just going to be tough to learn that quick to be a top 12, top 10 receiver. I think that's definitely his ceiling. He could get up there, but this team is so run heavy. And it's just, I think, I think both AJ Brown and Julio Jones could see some inconsistent volume, could see some games where they have like five targets and the other has like 11, just, it could be pretty inconsistent. So I think AJ Brown is still the number one. I think he's still a top eight ish receiver. And then Julio would probably be mid range wide receiver too, for me because of his health. Yeah, it's just so interesting that I look about it. I mean, I'm just looking through some Julio notes, and three days ago we were hearing that the Titans were considered a long shot to land Julio, and now they're back at the top. And I mean, if I heard that the 49ers at one point were the favorite, and Baltimore is was a team that was eyeing him. Now the Seahawks have joined that group. There's a lot of people that are looking at him. Even the Rams have talked to Julio trade, you know. So it's just. A lot of teams, and honestly, I think that Julio is one of those players where he can have an impact anywhere that he goes. And I mean, as long as he has a competent quarterback, I trust him on most teams to be a top twenty-four wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if his value go can go any higher than it was in Atlanta, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let's I, I'll move it on in a sec. But let's quickly touch on Atlanta, like what what this does to the Atlanta Falcons, because I think Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah, I mean Calvin Ridley. I feel like gets the potential to be honestly the fantasy wide receiver one. We saw what he did when Julio was out. He was up there like as maybe the best wide receiver, second best wide receiver, third best wide receiver in all of fantasy. Like he was consistently putting up wide receiver one weeks. His target share was off the charts. And then Kyle Pitts feel like that locks him in. Honestly, people are afraid because of rookies, but, and because tight end rookies don't always perform, but I think we can make an exception for Kyle Pitts. Who's probably the best. I think he's the best pure prospect out of tight end that we've ever seen better than even Kelsey and Gronk. So I think he's locked into a top five tight end ranking for me. If Julio is gone. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say top five, but he's definitely making my top eight. I I mean, mean, you see, he's definitely a different, he's definitely very, very, very different. Yeah. I'm trying to think who I would have ahead. Like I'm putting Kelsey ahead, Kittle ahead, Waller ahead and Mark Andrews. And other than that, I mean, maybe TJ Hawkinson has a case, maybe six. Because maybe I'll put TJ Hawkinson because I feel like he's going to get a lot of targets next year. But Hawkinson's I like think my top six tight end. Hawkinson's a top three tight end for me. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I can understand it. But, yeah, I think those five guys maybe, maybe I'd put ahead of Pitts. So probably top six. Yeah, yeah. Pitts, I mean, he's just uh, – he's. I mean, he's kind of like the Greek freak. I'm starting to see him as uh, a football. He's got a larger <laughs> wingspan than DK Metcalf. He's a, a absolute red zone monster. And, I mean, he's – got all the intangibles to be a top fantasy tight end and so I definitely like him like you Calvin in that top six range I just think that the talent is there and there's definitely a gaping hole for targets I mean if Julio Jones departs which it's seeming more and more likely every day that he will then there's just going to be an, an, some more room for him to scoop up some more targets I'm definitely liking where these two Falcons wide receivers are heading Calvin Ridley and uh and oh. Kyle Pitts also Mike Davis I like too a little bit m- more Yeah, I just think that this is kind of a a win for pretty much most players that are going to be involved if a Julio trade to a team like the Titans happens. I mean, you've got Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts are helped, and you've got a guy like Tannehill. You've got Henry, who I think will just have some more room to run. There's a lot of good things, and I think it's the right decision for the Falcons to trade Julio. And it's going to be exciting to see what Julio can do. We haven't had – I mean, 
Julio is one of the most well-known fantasy monster wide receivers just because of the volume he's gotten in Atlanta. I'd be excited to see what he does with a quarterback like Tanny. Oh, yeah, he'd be awesome. Yeah, All right. So, uh, I guess if you guys are ready to move on, I'll go to the other two pieces of news. Yep. Let's go. All right. Um, so, I guess we can just touch on these briefly. These aren't that major. Jeff Wilson, uh, the 49ers, suffered a torn meniscus. He's headed to IR and will be out four to six months. Um, this is, I guess, helpful for Raheem Mostert, who now feels like the undisputed number one there. I mean, I know people like Trey Sermon. I'm not as high on Trey Sermon as most, but I think Sermon and Gallman will be fighting for that number two spot. And then Todd Gurley had a, a tryout with the Detroit Lions. I don't think much of this. I feel like people know that Todd Gurley's reaching the end. He's not going to make a difference. He'll be clearly the number three back there behind DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams for me. If you guys have any thoughts, uh, feel free to share. Those are just th- those are my brief thoughts. I don't think either of these have like too huge of an impact. Yeah, I don't. I I look Jeff Wilson IR. It's going to give Sermon the opportunity. I I think Mostert will be the starter like week one. But I think Sermon could slowly work in and towards the end of the season have like a breakout in like the last five, six games or whatever. Kind of like what J.K. Dobbins did with the Ravens. He slowly just started to get more worked in. And then he had that breakout moment. And then with Gurley going to the Lions, look, this doesn't mean much. But the Lions keep signing running backs. And I know, Calvin, you might disagree with me this this on a little (laughs) bit. might disagree a little bit on this one. But look, they keep signing running backs. And this is concerning for DeAndre Swift. They signed two running backs this off. Well, they haven't signed him yet, but they are trying him out. And they're they're look they keep looking for running backs. I just don't know if they're going to give Swift that workload. Follow the money of the team. Money of the team's going to other running backs, and it's not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And with all these, this I think that's the biggest piece of news here out of these two. I mean, you've got a new head coach coming in, and now they're bringing in all these things. I don't think that I can confidently say that I trust DeAndre Swift to get a huge workload. There are just so many moving parts right now. And so I actually like DeAndre Swift a lot more for Dynasty, and I would definitely be looking to get him more in Dynasty than I would in uh, Redraft just because it's it's looking like they're trying to add some kind of a few veteran presences like Gurley. And, I mean, even Jamal Williams, you can kind of consider him a veteran at this point. So I just think that they're they're not trying to burn out their young running back in year two, but I definitely think that he's going to have a solid fantasy season just because I think that he is extremely talented. And yeah, uh, like an I mean, that's why a lot of people had him. Most people had him as the number one RB in the, when he was drafted. I mean, most mock drafts had him going for as the first RB. And mm-hmm. I just think that he's really talented and that's going to eventually shine through for me. I'm not too concerned about Gurley trying out. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not concerned either. I'm would be the, obviously Jamal Williams is probably the main concerned on that team but I'm not concerned about either of them because here's the thing DeAndre Swift is just a better version of Jamal Williams so why would Jamal Williams see the field for any reason other than to spell DeAndre Swift when he's tired I think DeAndre Swift is going to be an absolute star next year great buy in dynasty and in redraft he has the ability to line up in the slot he has he's much better between the tackles than Jamal is I think that's pretty clear and in year two maybe he won't get a workhorse load in week one but I'm pretty sure – I'm sure he will soon after. Anthony Lynn knows how good this guy is, and if he hasn't seen Swift's full potential, he will realize soon why Swift needs to be in games more. Swift is extremely efficient. He broke out in the second half of last year, and I would be buying him in Dynasty because I don't think his price ever gets lower than this. And in redraft, he's, like, falling to that borderline top 15 range. I will take that all day. In so, yeah, I'm really excited for DeAndre Swift next year. can understand why you guys disagree, but I think Swift still can be a workhorse. 
Yeah, I think Swift and Dynasty is a good buy just in redrafts because, I mean, now, right now, he's in the borderline top 15, but I think his value is just going to keep going through the roof as, you know, the offseason goes on. If he goes in the top 15, I'm probably going to mostly avoid him. I just, okay. I think he's going to be a little, like, I, I know you think Jamal Williams is definitely not as good. He's definitely not as good as DeAndre Swift, but they brought him in for a reason. They paid him not like crazy money, but they paid him some good money just to come in and they did it for a reason. They had to do it for a reason. He's going to see the field and it's going to be a little frustrating for DeAndre Swift's value. And look, this offense is not going to be good. Like this team is not going to be able to run the ball as much as they want to. This offense is not going to be good. They're not going to be scoring touchdowns and they're going to be behind, which means they're going to have to throw. Swift will get passing work that way. Swift get a lot of passing work, but in the, but he's not going to be able to run the ball as much as might, people might want him to. And I just think, I just think he can't really, I think the top 10 season is not really there for him this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm right with there with you, Hutchinson. I just think that he's a great buy for Dynasty because as we begin to see this team develop and as they grow their offensive line about around Penny Sewell, that he's going to be able to do great things. But for now, I think he just falls short of that uh, RB1 range for me. All right. It's fair. I, I will disagree, but that's fine. We'll see what happens right during the regular season. Uh, let's, we can move on, though, to fantasy situations. And then after that, we'll do the mock draft. So we've got a few best and worst fantasy situations. And after that, uh, again, yeah, we'll have the redraft, first redraft mock of the summer for the podcast. So basically how this will work is we'll discuss some fantasy-specific situations that greatly benefit or hurt, like, certain players or a certain player. Like, a situation where if a player didn't have, like, to split time with another guy, for example, they'd be a lot better. Or, like, a situation where the player has the workload all to themselves and the sky is the limit for their ceiling. Stuff like that. So, we'll start off, and I think this best fantasy situation is pretty obvious. It's the Titans' backfield. And this is because they're willing to give Derrick Henry... 400 carry or 400 touches or close to it and i'm really excited to see what he can do again he's had a heavy workload for two straight seasons but there's no better situation for running back than the one derrick henry's in where he just gets an absolute truckload of touches yeah absolutely he's just going to get the workload and it's going to open up a lot in the passing game it's just going to open up the passing game it's going to keep Tannehill comfortable and it's and no one else works in this backfield it's going to be derrick henry all day long if Terry Henry was at least a little bit more involved in the passing game, he'd be the RB1 pretty much every single season. But, you know, he's just not really a pass-catching guy. I think he can do it. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Sure. Sorry about that. Well, yeah. I'll edit that out. Okay. But, yeah, I think Derrick Henry could be the RB1 every season if he had pass-catching work. But without that pass-catching, he's still going to – he can't really get to that ceiling – but he just benefits everybody else around him because of the just his dependability. You can just depend on him if you need him. He opens up the passing game for Tannehill, AJ Brown, and possibly now Julio Jones. It, it, he's just awesome. He just he just does great stuff for this team. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, this is pretty much an ideal fantasy situation. You've got an offensive coordinator and a coach that's willing to give Derrick Henry, like you said, Calvin, almost 400 touches, and then you've got. Uh, one of the best wide receivers in the game, A.J. Brown, and possibly the addition of Julio Jones, another top wide receiver. And so, I mean, it's just going to open things up. There is so much room for Derrick Henry to work, and he's so talented. And that's what makes him a top four RB. I mean, 
it's tough to say, like, for a player to be able to say that you can almost guarantee that they're going to finish in the top four. But I feel like I can do that with Derrick Henry just because he's shown that he doesn't get injured and he gets enough workload to the point where it's almost tough for him not to finish top four. He's great in the red zone. This is going to be a scoring offense. And so I'm just really excited about what he can do and how how is uh, – I mean – I don't see why he couldn't be the number one. That's the thing. There's just so many options and the sky's the limit for Derrick Henry. And this situation, it just makes him an incredible fantasy player and one that you should definitely don't be fading Derrick Henry because uh, that's that's not a good strategy with how much he's he's going to get, how much of workload he's going to get. So I'm just really excited for what he can do. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next situation. This is another backfield. And Hutchinson, you can take the lead on this because I know you really, really like Cam Akers. The Rams' backfield, though, is setting up quite nicely for Akers' success. I mean, we talked about how DeAndre Swift is getting guys added to his backfield. And while I don't think, like, I still think Swift can be talked about in the same tier as Akers just because he's good and can be efficient, even if he doesn't get as many touches. But just purely for touch count-wise, I feel like Akers is in the best situation of any of the second-year running backs. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him next year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, look, you guys... If you listen to my podcast, if you see me on Twitter, you know how much I love Cam Akers. Cam Akers is my RB6 right now. Look, this situation could not be more perfect for him. They've leaned on him. They've shown they want to lean on him. Even when Derek Hunderson was there, they leaned on him. And then, look, they, Matthew Stafford was just dumping off crazy amounts of passes to DeAndre Swift last season. And now you got Cam Akers, who proved he can be good in the past game, not as good as DeAndre Swift or – any like Christian McCaffrey or anybody like that, but he showed that he can be solid in the passing game. He's going to get all the touches and it's just going to open up this passing game, open up this offense a lot more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, One staff that I've really been harping on when talking about Cam Akers is that uh, Matthew Stafford threw 22% of his uh, throws to RBs last year while golf was only at 14%. So that's just another, I mean, another bunch of passes that are going to be coming Cam Akers way. And that just helps his stock even more. It hurts DeAndre Swift a little bit on the other hand. But, I mean, yeah, I just love where Cam Akers is. He's kind of really defined himself as that top RB, whereas going into last season, we weren't sure who was going to be the top guy. I mean, still halfway through, we didn't know who who uh, Sean McVay's favorite running back was he used. And But towards the end of the season, Cam Akers really started to stand out. He had that one big 200-yard game. So I'm really excited about where he's going. And he's finally earned the trust of his coaching staff which is really, really good for him. I mean, that was just the biggest concern, and I think that he's passed that concern. So don't be afraid because of past concerns about Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown to go ahead and draft him because he's got talent, and he finally has the the workload to be able to do great things. Yeah, Malcolm Brown's gone now, and yet the Rams proved that they don't want to get Daryl Henderson involved. The the games where Daryl Henderson was healthy and K-Makers was the guy, Henderson had – six touches over three total games. Like, mm-hmm. Akers was getting massive volume. Like, in his, like, five games, like, he had one injury play. He had he missed a game. He had one injury play game. So there's five total games where he played healthy to break out. His average, like, uh, running back rush share was, like, it was topping 80%. Like, he was the guy. And he was involved in the passing game. It was a little iffy, his passing game work. He'd get, like, one catch then like two catches, then four catches, then one catch again. It was a little iffy, but Jared Goff isn't like a guy that does tons and tons of dump-offs. Matthew Stafford is a guy that does that. 
So I think that we could see Akers have like a 50 catch season with like 300 plus carries. That sounds pretty sweet for fantasy for me. If that happened, he would be like maybe a top five running back, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I have him as my RB6, man. I'm in. Like, I have him my RB6. I, I want to move it up, but it's just unrealistic to move him up past, like, the Jonathan Taylors or CMC or Dallin Cook or Derrick Henrys. It's just right. not realistic. But well, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in our mock draft later then in that case. We don't have our yeah. draft pick selections yet, but we'll randomize those. We'll see where you land. Yeah, if I land in top five, I don't think I'll take Akers. But in the back <laughs> half of the first round, I'm, I'm going to grab him. All right. So I'll lump these two situations together there because they have to do with the same thing. It's these are, are mainly helpful for the quarterback of the offense, but the wide receivers can also be really productive. There's as they've shown that they're both trios of good wide receivers, the Buccaneers and the Bengals offense, the Bucs have Tom Brady as their quarterback, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown as their wide receivers. The Bengals have T Higgins, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd as their wide receivers and Joe Burrow as the QB and both of these QBs should be great next year. They're just going to throw for an absolute ton of yards. And I think the wide receivers still have room to have production as well. So there's a lot to dive into in here. And uh, so, yeah, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, both of these offenses are – the quarterbacks are going to be able to have fantastic seasons. Joe Burrow especially is someone that I'm really excited. In in the Bengals offense, I mean, he's got three great great wide receivers. And then you've got – in the Bucks offense, Tom Brady, who's got another three great wide receivers. And I think Antonio Brown is one player that's being a little bit underrated right now. He's still extremely talented. And I think that's just going to provide another level and another option for Brady to throw to. Secondaries are going to be struggling to cover this Patriots team, team just because they've got so many options. And Brady is one of the best at making reads. He knows how to hit his man in single coverage. And he knows when, there's gonna be, when they're going to be open. They're not going to be able to play any decoy safety kind of work or anything to prevent him. He's one of the best in the business at doing what he does. And so I'm just very excited to for this entire Buccaneers offense because they've got a great quarterback and they've got so many great wide receivers. It's just going to open up the field. And I think that, I mean, for Tom Brady, I can definitely see him coming into that top eight, top five even fantasy finish as long as he stays healthy for the whole season and he continues to do uh, what he does best, which is throwing touchdowns. But I think that also Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, it's going to, while they are a little bit limited by each other and Antonio Brown, I think that just having this whole open field and such an opportunity to score a lot of points, it's going to help them both out a lot. So uh, I'm really excited just for kind of everyone in this group here. The only group I'm a little bit concerned about is the RV group, just because I don't know if you're the Buccaneers, why you turn away from the pass too much, you know? Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like, look, all three receivers are going to find success. And one thing we know about Tom Brady, you have to give him a run game for him to be comfortable. And mm-hmm. with Ron Jones and Leonard Fournette, like that's a great run game for both of those to be the one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Great run game. They'll both be very frustrating for fantasy football. They'll both probably mm-hmm. be low-end RB2s, but they'll be very, fr- very frustrating. And Tom Brady is just going to, as long as, he, if, as they're performing, he'll succeed and his receivers will all succeed. I liked your comment, Chris, but Antonio Brown right now, he's crazy undervalued. He was like the wide receiver four in the last five games of the season. Like he was the best fantasy receiver for the Bucks. He was yeah. amazing when Tom Brady was in that final stretch when they really, really started clicking at the end of the season. He was great. And Tom Brady was the QB four. Uh, he was, sorry, he was like a top five quarterback at that point. And I have my QB seven right now. I really like Tom Brady this season. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, he does have a lot of upside. Even though he doesn't have that rushing upside, he's still going to throw for a ton of yards to all three of his great receivers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, for Burrow, I think with sort of the same situation as Tom Brady, Burrow, I'm expecting to have a second-year breakout. He can be top 10, top 8, maybe even top 6 QB for sure. Yeah, um, I think mm-hmm. 9, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that. The last couple guys, or last couple situations before we move on to the worst. Uh, these are ones that are a little more controversial, but I wanted to put them on here. I think the Giants offense and the Washington football team's offense are two – spots that are really really beneficial for just the fantasy players in general just because i've talked about it so many times on the podcast daniel jones got a lot smarter and cut down on the mistakes as a quarterback for the giants last year now he's getting saquon barkley back he gets kenny galladay who they signed to a four-year deal for a lot of money and they drafted a wide receiver Kadarius tony in the first round who is absolutely electric in the screen game able to take those screens all the way 50 yards to the house so i think daniel jones will have a breakout year next year kenny galladay will be peppered with targets he will be maybe top 15 top 10 in the league in targets for a wide receiver Kadarius tony I don't know if his fantasy value will be too consistent in year one, but he will be good at it points just because of his explosiveness. And then, of course, we know that Saquon Barkley is great. And it's going to help the passing game to get Saquon Barkley back just because he's such a menace for defenses. And they almost have to stack the box every play against Saquon, although they now have to make some risk-reward decisions with Saquon and Kenny Galladay there. And then for the football team's offense, it's, I think it's going to be great as well. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know, loves to throw to his number one receiver. Terry McLaurin is that guy. Curtis Samuel is fantastic. They paid him $11 million a year over three years, and uh, he should get a lot of manufactured touches. And then Deami Brown is a great contested catch guy. He'll be helped Fitzpatrick push the ball downfield. And then finally, Antonio Gibson, who played running back and wide receiver in college. He should get a lot of targets from Fitzpatrick, who, to be fair, doesn't throw to the running back that much. But I think because Gibson plays like a wide receiver, that Fitzpatrick will use him like a wide receiver, and he will get enough touches to be really productive in a workhorse role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gibson will be great. I like Gibson this year a lot. Yeah, definitely. And I want to go back to the Giants just because I think that the biggest thing that was limiting their fantasy yeah. value, and it sounds kind of uh, like something that would be obvious, but I think a lot of people overlook it, and it's just that their offense wasn't scoring points. I mean, they just didn't have the weapons. They didn't have Barkley. They didn't have an offensive line that was able to not get sacked and help to sustain drives. So I just think that helping all these pieces is going to just make the Giants a better offensive football team. And so I think that's just going to allow Daniel Jones to really open himself up and be able to look for his deep guys. He's got Kenny Galladay, a massive uh, red zone receiver. So as long as the Giants manage to get themselves into the red zone and they Saquon has a good season and he returns from injury well, I expect pretty much everyone in this Giants offense to take a step up what they did last year. So uh, I'm definitely very excited about where things are trending for this team. And I'm really excited for Daniel Jones because he finally has the weapons to be able to perform. And there have been so many flashes from him that he's a great quarterback. And yes, at times he has definitely struggled a lot and it's been painful as a Giants fan to see all these turnovers. But um, I think this is the year that he can prove it. And I think that he definitely has the capability to finish as a top eight quarterback. Yeah, definitely. Look, this is Daniel Jones' make-or-break year for his career. Like, Mm -hmm. if he doesn't perform this year, that's it. The only thing that's keeping me off the Giants – the only thing that's keeping me off the Giants – you mentioned – you actually, like, briefly went over a little bit. It's Saquon Barkley coming back from that injury. Look, running backs and ACL tears don't mix well. 
And I just, I'm, I'm a little concerned. He's had two straight injuries. ACL tears. Like I've done a lot of research on this all like the average for running backs, they lose like 20 to 30% of their production the next season after an ACL tear. He's had a lot of time to come back from it, but it's still just very, it's still a little concerning. That's, that's the one player I'm willing to die on a hill. I'm not drafting Saquon this year at his price is like a top five running back, but I, I do love the giants this year. Just Saquon is, I'm a little concerned for him right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I mean, I'm, I'm very concerned for him as well. And I love that he's had a ton of time to rebound. So, I mean, if you want to point out a bright spot from last year in his ACL tear, it's that it happened early in the season. So he's, had, he's had lots of time to rehab, but I mean, yeah, it's definitely a concern and it's not often where we see a running back be able to come back and step right into the role that they were before their ACL tear. One of the really only examples I can think of that kind of production with an increase was Adrian Peterson. And that's so unlikely so I am expecting a little bit of a dip of production from, or at least workload from what we saw uh, before the ACL tear. But I still think he's just incredibly talented. And all this rehab time, I think as long as he has his burst back and he's able to, to be as elusive as he once was, I think that even with a decreased workload, he can still be a top five fantasy back. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think so. I think Saquon, he's, just because he's so talented, I think he'll be back. I'm not really afraid of it just because I know we know his talent. I know he could regress a little bit, but he's just an amazing athlete. So if anyone could come back from this and go back to full health, like quickly, it's Saquon. And it's not like that's never happened. We've had running backs come back from these injuries and be great again. It's just Hutchinson points out that they do tend, to, a lot of them tend to lose a decent amount of production. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. So if you- Calvin, I just looked it up. It uh, it did say week two. I was wrong. It's week, It was week two. He got... Uh, he got the ACL tear in week two. I said week three, but you know, oh. it was still very, very early. Yeah. So I guess the yeah, same point stands though. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the worst situations. We've got, I guess, six that we can talk about here. Uh, and then we can get to the mock draft. So a yeah. few of these all go together because they're all about backfields. <laughs> the worst five backfields are the worst four. I don't really agree with the one that Hutchinson's put on here, but we can we already <laughs> sort of discussed it. It's the Lions backfield as an honorable mention. But um, yeah, we kind of talked about that. He wanted to put it on there and I understand the point of view, but I think the under show is going to be great. We did. We don't really have to talk about it. We kind of already did. It's okay. But I I did just want to put that as an honorable mention. We don't have to talk about it further. We already talked about it earlier. So we can get the five we already put in. All right. So the uh, Raiders backfield though, and I guess we already talked about the 49ers as well, sort of when we talked about Sermon and Mostert and Gallman, Mm -hmm. but the Raiders, Texans, and Jaguars are the remaining three backfields we have on here. And Patriots, right? Patriots. Patriots, That's for tight ends, but I guess that feels a little bit shaky, but I I thought it was more the tight end situation, but the Raiders, 49ers, or the Raiders, Texans, and Jaguars all have annoying backfield splits. The Raiders with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, the Texans with Phil Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and David Johnson, and the Jaguars with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. I mean, if I wanted to go for any backfield, I'd probably go for the Jaguars just because I feel like James Robinson and Etienne are the most talented out of any of these guys I just mentioned. And because it's just a split between two and this team has a lot of upside, but in general, I'm probably avoiding these. I just, 
it's hard for me to just put my faith in a timeshare because it just caps both running back ceilings so much. I can yeah. understand maybe thinking Josh Jacobs will kind of write out Kenyon Drake, but they paid him a lot of money, which is scary to me. All three of these backfields are just disgusting. Yeah, the, the one I'm staying away from the most, I mean, in, in our dynasty league, I actually traded away Josh Jacobs is, is that I don't trust that the Raiders are comfortable with Josh Jacobs as their RB1. They keep on making these moves and, and signing a guy like Kenyon Drake. And then what are they doing? They traded away their entire offensive line <laughs> just so that they could clear, clear, clear up some cap space and go draft or and go grab Kenyon Drake, another running back. It just makes absolutely no sense to me what they're doing and what their plan is for Josh Jacobs. I don't trust the the direction that this organization is moving in. And so I'm completely staying away from that Raiders backfield. They have no offensive line, and now they've got a weird timeshare here. Um, it's just way too confusing. They're the worst backfield, in my opinion, for fantasy in the entire league. Yeah, I'm worse than the Texans. I would, yeah, I would say, I would say Texans, but the problem is the Raiders running backs like Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake are going to be drafted significantly higher than the Texans guys. So That's you're, you're going to yeah. you're going to draft them at a higher price and they're going to disappoint. Like I have both of them outside my top 20. Like it, they're just both going to highly disappoint and they're both going to be very, very frustrating, very inconsistent, very boomer bust week over week. They're going to be terrible. The Texans are definitely going to be worse. I believe because mm-hmm. they're just, they're yeah, just, they're- I think it's a team, but like they, none of the running backs might even be drafted. All three running backs might go undrafted in like mm-hmm. the top 15 rounds. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I think that the biggest thing that we're seeing right now that makes the Raiders backfield the worst, in my opinion, is the expectations versus what I think is actually going to happen. So right now, Josh Jacobs is going in a lot of leagues. I mean, at times he's going as an RB one. And I mean, yes, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram are going to struggle, but right now they're not being seen as RB1 or even an RB2. So um, I just think that Josh Jacobs is going to really disappoint, and that just makes him a much worse player, in my opinion, just because you're going to be expecting RB1 or RB2 production, and you're not going to get anywhere close to that, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, or in my opinion, to oh, what you're hoping to get. He's just he's locked up by this backfield by a, some awful GM decisions without an offensive <laughs> line. I'm worried about him right now, and uh, yeah, just not excited for this Raiders backfield. Yeah, and even even without Kenyon Drake, he was like he finishes the RB eight or RB ten wherever he finished. He finishes a low in RB one last year, but he was still very disappointing. Like when you look at his game log, when the Raiders were losing, he would be out, like he would be gone mm-hmm. because he wasn't involved in the passing game. I feel like that's the main reason they bought Kenyon Drake in because Kenyon Drake can pass catch pretty well. I feel like that's the main reason they brought him in but they will both work at each other and they'll both be very frustrating. And yeah. if the Raiders fall behind, Jacobs isn't going to get pass catching work, but I do disagree with you, Chris. I think Chris, I think, uh, right. I think, uh, Josh Jacobs can provide RB two value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. RB2. yeah. yeah I'm gonna say it's going to come very inconsistent. Like he's going to, I think he can have some big games where he gets like 25 touches just ahead somehow. And then he just gets tons and tons of work. And he carries the ball a bunch, a bunch of times, and he does great. But then the yeah, the losing, he's just they're both gonna suck. Yeah, I think I think the thing is that I'm kind of I'm going back on that statement I made because yeah, that definitely he's definitely gonna be able to put up RB two production. But I think that people are gonna be hoping that he that his that he's gonna come through and that he's gonna end up finishing much better than where they drafted. And if you're drafting him 
like in the top 12, there's just no way that he's going to be able to outperform that number. I mean, that is his limit right now, in my opinion. And so I just think he's locked up into kind of that back end RB2 production just because I don't trust him to be consistent. And like you said, I don't think the Raiders are a very good football team. They're going to be behind in a lot of games and they don't like to use him there. I just think that yeah. his upside is so capped. And uh, I mean, his floor is low too. So, I mean, yes, I think that he should definitely finish with RB2 production, but there's a chance that he doesn't even do that. I mean, He's not going to get the passing game work, and they've one of his best skills was running in between the tackles. They just got rid of one of the best centers in the league and uh, uh, one of their other offensive linemen. So it just didn't make any sense what they're trying, what their whole plan is with Josh Jacobs. And I just, I'm not excited to have him uh, in fantasy. So he's on my do not draft list. All right. Yeah. Let's. I mean, I think that's fair. Those backfields are really ugly. As for the Jaguars, it's just. I mean, Robinson, ETN. Both can provide maybe that back end RB2 value as well. I don't like ETN that much. I still, but I, I guess, I mean, I won't even say I don't like ETN that much. It's just because well, I'm, I'm kind of mad that they drafted someone with James Robinson in round oh, one. It really pissed me off. I was yeah. angry. I was just mm-hmm. really angry. Yeah, it's yeah. hurt for fantasy. But uh, let's do the last uh, situation real quick to get to the mock draft. Um, the Patriots tight ends, they have John U. Smith and Hunter Henry in an offense with. Cam Newton and until Mac Jones plays, which it might not be for a little while, according to what Bill Belichick has said, it's going to be tough for them to get significant uh, or consistent targets just because Cam Newton does not throw the ball that much. Mm-hmm. What I think I, I kind of disagree with you here. I think they, I think they could both could be okay, but I think also John Smith could re- be really, really good. Bill Belichick has raved over him. And we've seen John Smith's talent when you give him the ball. I think, and Cam Newton, look, Cam Newton and Mac Jones are both going to struggle. In my opinion, they're both going to struggle. And Mac Jones is a rookie. They both like to lean, like, look, struggling in quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks like to lean on their tight ends, their best friends, their tight ends. And look, I think John Smith is better as a better tight end than Hunter Henry. And I think he might be leaned on in the offense. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. I agree. I can understand that. Yeah. Definitely. Have a, I, I, oh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I think in the future, Bill Belichick is going to do great at using these guys. But right now, I think he's just locked up by the quarterback play. You've got Cam Newton, who should be the week one starter and will most likely be the starter for at least the first half of the season, if not the full season. So, I mean, until Mac Jones comes in and he shows that he can be a really good pocket passer, I'm just worried because Bill Belichick is going to be locked up with what he can do with these tight ends until he gets some good quarterback play. And I just think that that's going to limit their upside, especially since you've got two of them there, but definitely in the future, I'm excited about what these guys can do because we know that Belichick is able to use his tight ends effectively as we saw with Gronk and uh, Hernandez. So I'm definitely excited to see what these two can do in the future. Definitely great dynasty buys, not as much for redraft. All right. So let's move on to the mock draft. Um, We've got, we, we will, uh, we've got 16 round mock draft here, 12 team half PPR, uh, redraft mock. We're going to do a random pick selector. And this is the first mock draft we've done on the show ever. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We're doing the mock draft on sleeper, which I think does some variance between the picks. It doesn't just pick based on the rankings, which is cool. That's why we're using it. So I will do a random pick tracker in a moment. We'll go 16 rounds, explain our picks. And I think we should have time to finish up this draft Mm -hmm. um, in our recording time. But yeah, I think we're, uh, so yeah, that should be good. So we'll get started. I'm just going to look up a random 
pick generator. If you guys have any comments before we start, then here we go. I'm hoping. Go I think it, for me, I'm looking to maybe either get inside the top six or be 11 or 12. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I don't really yeah, love this. Yeah, I think getting picks seven through nine because you could get a low end running back, but you also could get a top tier receiver, or you could go like Travis Kelsey. It's a very confusing spot. At those yeah, picks. definitely. And I just don't feel comfortable with taking a wide receiver in the first round unless it's I don't like, like it either. Really late in the first round. I like to get my RB because that I can trust and kind of put it, set him in my lineup and just leave him. And I don't feel like I can do that with any position group other than RB. So I'm definitely hoping to get inside the top six or at around 11 or 12. Because once you get past round three for running backs, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Like you're just yeah, done. Exactly. You're gonna- That's the thing. You have to be getting, in my opinion, you have to have two running backs by the end of round four but I'd prefer to have two running backs by the end of round three. Yeah. I, but I think I don't like drafting running backs in round four, depending on, you know, maybe if there's a guy like a rookie there that I like, like I liked Jonathan Taylor a lot last year, he was being drafted in the fourth round, but usually I'm avoiding rounds four through seven completely. Mm-hmm. Either I get my first two running backs in the first three rounds, or I take a stud or I take one in the first three rounds. And then I go like a few sleeper guys that I think could step up as RB twos. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So I pulled up a website, random.org, to randomize the picks, and they're bragging about how they are true random, not pseudo-random, which I have no idea what that means, but this means <laughs> I think we'll get a fair result. So right. Hudson, I'll generate your pick first, and then you can claim it on Sleeper. We're all in the draft right now. We just don't have yeah, our initial picks. Yeah. All right. Hutchinson, you have the sixth pick. Ooh. He slides inside the, his cap. That's lucky. <laughs> Uh, all right. Let's see. I don't think that I'm. I don't think I'm getting acres there, guys. You'll get them at yeah. six. Oh, I mean, you. And I guess not in the second. No, no, it's totally. No, it's totally fine. But no, no, I'm. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's go. No, no, I wasn't like. I wasn't like. You know, I, I was just saying that I think. I mean, I think he would be there at six, but I, yeah, I don't know if that would. Be, he's gonna be there, but I don't think I'm willing to pay that high for him. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. All right. So who's next for the number? Oh. All right, I'll randomize this. I'll randomize Chris's next, and he gets the eighth overall pick. Oh my goodness! That's the worst. That's literally the worst. Oh man. Okay, and now mine. Here we go. You, the fourth overall pick. Ooh, All right, pick number four. So right, four, go. six, eight is where we are. I'll start this draft. We've got ninety second pick timer, but we don't need to use all of it. Obviously, just use as much as you want. So we're also uh, we're also doing snake half PPR. Mm-hmm. And we'll we're trying to go 16 rounds here. Yeah, no yep. super flex. This is yeah, a no. redraft draft, and I'll go. For, I'm just going over the roster for the listeners: one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, kicker, a defense, and seven bench spots. So let's get started. Mm-hmm. Begin draft now. All right. So I'm confirming to begin the draft, and right now, first three players off the board: Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Derek Henry. No so surprise. I'm on the clock, and this is interesting. Ooh, man. Got a tough decision. I know Saquon Barkley is still here. The guy I talked up, he is still available. Alvin Kamara is still here. Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. I know I'm going at six. All right. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I I don't know if I haven't decided whether I prefer Barkley or Kamara yet, but I feel like to be safe, since Barkley gets more hurt, I mean, I feel like if Jameis starts, I can really get behind Alvin Kamara, and even if he doesn't. Kamara's really talented. He's so efficient with his touches. I'll just go there. Go safe for now. Next pick is okay. Devontae Adams. That leaves you, Hutchinson, with the option of Saquon Barkley at number six if you want. I'm not taking Saquon here, but I I, I disagree oh. with you a little bit on Alvin Kamara, though. 
look, I, I'm a little concerned for Alvin Kamara. I'm just, I'm just concerned about the pass catching work that he'll see because Latavius Murray's still going to work in the rushing game. And if he doesn't see that elite passing work like we saw, it's going to be tough because if Taysom Hill gets the work, he can just run it if he sees pressure. Drew Brees couldn't do that. Jameis Winston, he likes to push the ball downfield. He likes chucking it. And it, it that both of those don't add to Alvin Kamara getting loads and loads of pass catching work. But I'm going Johnny Taylor here. I love Johnny yes. Taylor this season. That's cool. Saquon went next, and you're getting Chubb, I think. Oh, yes. I am all over Chubb this season. I have him as my RB5, so I'm very happy to get him uh, with the eighth, eighth overall pick. I'm I'm yeah, thrilled I'm right now. Considering that Those are the two. Chubb is probably like – I think Chubb is my RB7 right now, but Taylor's my RB4. I'm all in on him this season. All right, so I'll, I can read off the next pick. So that's Tyreek I've got my choice. So it's Tyree Kill, Zeke Elliott, Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey, and DeAndre Hopkins, Aaron Jones, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and then Chris's pick. So what are you going with? I've got a tough choice here because I can either go Cam Akers or Austin Eckler. And these are two players that I really like next season. I talked about earlier how Matthew Stafford first 22% of the time to his RBs. So that's Chris, you don't want to do this, my friend. You don't want to do this. That's catching value. But I also have Austin Eckler on the board who has Justin Herbert. Who I really, I mean, mm-hmm. I like him to give the ball a lot to uh, Austin Eckler. And one of the biggest things now, Anthony Lynn is gone, and they have a new, uh, they there's new light for Austin Eckler because I think Anthony Lynn was really limited, limiting him. He was trying to distribute the ball when he really just needed to trust Austin Eckler as the workhorse. We're talking half PPR here. I'm going to take Austin Eckler, and I'm, I'm thrilled to get him. I would also be thrilled with yes. Cam Akers. I'm hoping for you, Hutchinson, oh. that, that Akers lasts in two picks to you, but I'm going to go Eckler. All right, yeah. I look. Oh. Cam Akers was the next pick. No! Oh, my God. Oh, I would have – look, Eckler is really good. I'm, I wouldn't have taken Eckler that high because this is half PPR. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love Eckler and PPR this season. Stop it. Dang it. <laughs> You're okay. Don't worry about okay. it. So, man, now I'm stuck here. Uh, I could go Joe Mixon as my second running back, but I like some names that are down here for running backs. So I'm actually going to go Calvin Ridley here. Mm-hmm. I, I love that pick. That's a great I pick. Think gonna, I think he's going to blow up. So, Calvin, Joe Mixon goes next. And now, Calvin, you're on the clock. All right. I'm happy to get my guy back here. I'm going the zero wide receiver strategy. I understand what you were saying about Kamara, but I feel like Winston won't be as inclined to push the ball down the field. They might even run Kamara on some downfield routes just because other than Michael Thomas, they don't really have that many reliable options at wide receiver like Winston actually had with Evans. He always had Evans to throw to and he had Godwin for a little while as well. So you're going Swift, right? No, actually, I think Swift can get back. I'm going to go with, especially with neither of you guys are in front of me to snipe me. So I will take Antonio Gibson, who I feel like can be a workhorse. He's also a great buy in Dynasty. Great pick and redraft. I'd love to get him at the 209. And Swift got sniped by Team 3. One oh, pick three, short. Three. At the 3-3, three, three, Swift gets sniped. So Justin mm. Jefferson, Michael Thomas, George Kittle, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, and then, of course, DeAndre Swift go. So you could take Darren Waller. You could go quarterback. You could take another running back, Calvin, but you're you're on the clock, Calvin. What are you going to do? Oh, I realized uh, for a second I didn't see that Kelsey was – I thought Kelsey was still there, and I was about oh, to do that all day. 
Yeah, he was I, read, I read through them pretty quick, but yeah, I, Kelsey was not at, out at 12. Oh, man, there's a teardrop for me. CEH, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, I don't know. I might be fine with J.K. Dobbins as my running back. I would rather have DeAndre Swift for sure because I feel like Gus Edwards and Lamar cap J.K.'s upside. And then there's Terry McLaurin, and I love Terry McLaurin next year. I feel like he can be an elite wide receiver. Just looking down the board, though, there's a lot of wide receivers that are available later that I really like as well. So yes. I don't know if I necessarily care. I'm going to stick with my heart. Three running backs in a row, triple RB, J.K. Dobbins. And Mahomes has been X-pick, so Hutchinson, you are back. Yeah, okay, so here I've got – I'm deciding between three. Look, I'm deciding between C.H. Miles Sanders and Najee Harris, right? Uh-huh. That's so, who I'm from between. I'm, I'm kind of – Yeah. Man, I'm – it's actually very, very tough. I think C.H. Has, probably has the most upside out of all of them because of the uh-huh. offense he's in. And look, I have Johnny Taylor. And look, Clyde Dallaire, with the volume he's going to see, unless he gets hurt, he's a safe RB2. Like, he's going to be very good. Miles Sanders, I'm very concerned about. I think he could have a big breakout, but I'm very concerned about him. So I think Miles Sanders is ruled out here. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, this is so <laughs> tough between CDH and Najee here. It's really, really, it really, really is. Najee's going to get a lot of touches immediately. It just depends how efficient he's going to be. Tons and that. Touches. It's a bad offensive line over there in Pittsburgh. Bad O-line, and I don't trust Big Ben, so I'm going CEH. I'm going CEH here. Sanders oh. is the next pick. Chris has his choice between Najee and Terry McLaurin or Mike Evans. I'd love to be in Chris's spot right now. Yeah, that's a good spot. Because he's Dick Chubb and Eckler right now, and then he can have Terry McLaurin or Mike Evans as his as one. Yeah, and here's the thing. I absolutely love Mike Evans and Terry McLaurin, but I just think that Najee Harris, oh, it's really tough. I think that Terry McLaurin actually is off the board a little bit for me here. Just because while I love Brian Fitzpatrick, I think that they're going to be looking to run a lot, and they also have Curtis Samuel there to tear, seal some touches. I just have to make a decision between Najee for me and Mike Evans. This Pat Fitzpatrick sticks like glue to his up number one guy, man. It's gonna be McLaurin. I think McLaurin see. I think McLaurin could have like a hundred catches this season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, yeah, definitely. yeah. Definitely looking a bit down the board. I've got Demont too as a possibility, but that's all I'm really liking oh, up I here. Hate, I hate Montgomery this season. Mm-hmm. But, no, it's you know whatever. It's yeah, like- Najee or Mike Evans. That is the question. But oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, oh, go ahead. I think I'm gonna have to trust. Ooh. Trust the zero wide receiver. There are wide receivers available later. You will regret not having running back depth later. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and grab Najee Harris. I just think that I Got love it. having all my RBs, and I think that that really puts together a nice solid core that I can trust on a week-to-week basis. All right. Next, we've got Chris Carson, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, David Montgomery wrapping up the third round. Starting off the fourth, Chris Godwin, then McLaurin finally goes, oh, my, the team that has Diggs, Julio, and McLaurin is stacked at receiver. Also, team 10 has A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and Speedy Lamb, who was the next pick. Then Robert Woods goes, so Chris is back on the clock. Wow. Yeah, and this is a guy that I am so, so, so happy to get here as my number one wide receiver, Kenny. Oh. Oh, you took Kenny G. Okay, yeah, I'm so happy. I think. Oh man, now I've got a very tough decision. I usually like going late round tight end, but I could scoop up Darren Waller here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh wait, Allen went at team seven and wait for my tight end, but I'm not going to do it because I love this guy too much. I freaking love Amari Cooper. I'm going to mm-hmm. here's my wife. Team super. five sniped me from a. Well, I guess not even a snipe because it was going to be a tough decision. I was going to have trouble passing up Darren Waller. Amari, so you took Amari Cooper. 
Uh, I then Darren Waller goes. So, oh man, I'm, I'm not like loving this spot right now. It's very balanced right now. I mean, I feel like I could get Andrews or TJ Hawkinson next round. Those guys will drop to me. So I'm probably going to break my zero wide receiver and go that route. Having trouble getting my mind off Dynasty. I feel like Adam Thielen could be a stud this year. So yeah, it could be good. I also I like DJ Moore at this spot. I think DJ Moore could be a great pick here. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Adam Thielen and or DJ Moore would be good picks here. Or Deontay. Ooh. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's tougher to trust with Big Ben as his quarterback. I mean, he was a stud last year, though. He was I, great. I guess with Najee. Great when Deontay, Deontay's not going to have his crazy target share that he had now that Najee's there. I'll go with Adam Thielen because of that. I mean, I mean he's going to have the target share. Like, he's going to have the percentage, but it's not going to equate to the amount of targets you might want. You yeah, I mean, maybe – Here's my thoughts about Thielen. I just, he's going to be a little bit inconsistent. He's probably due for some touchdown regression, but there are some consistent guys that I like later on who I can get if Thielen's too inconsistent for me. So next guy goes Miles Gaskin, Deontay, Josh Jacobs, DJ Moore, Kyler Murray, and Kareem Hunt, leaving me with my choice between Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. No, you're on, you're on the clock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on the clock, Calvin. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm leaving oh, you I with you my said I'm, I thought you said I'm on the clock. Sorry. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with TJ. I feel like they're close, except they, oh the Ravens brought in oh. so much. The Ravens brought in so much. Oh, I'm sorry, but they brought in Bateman and Wallace and Sammy Watkins. I, I can't deal with that. Give me the oh, the huge amount of targets. I'll take that. Oh my <laughs> goodness! I was so done. going to. I was so going to grab him. Man, that's <laughs> that's so frustrating. Now oh, I'm staring at Mark Andrews. Ball. I'm staring at Mark Andrews. I could do it. Sure. Oh my goodness. I could go another running back here, but I feel there are a couple running backs I like a l- next round that I could grab. So I'm going quarterback. I'm taking Lamar Jackson. I love him this season. I think he's going to step up in, as a top three quarterback this season. Mm, and that drops Mark Andrews right QB on. QB2 from weeks 10 through 17. QB2. Yeah, if I loved, I loved having him on my team. It, he had a good schedule, half. though, to be fair. But, yes, that's that's definitely true. He did improve in the second half of the year. Tyler Lockett went next, so Chris just, is up again. just so safe. Like, I'm getting a top 10 guy because he's rushing. Yeah. And now that he has more weapons, and now that, you know, maybe he'll have not the MVP season, not the crazy regression season, but have something in the middle, I think he ends up being a pretty easy top six, top five. And player. I'm going to – I'm gonna reach down the board just a little bit here and i'm gonna grab a receiver that i really like brandon Ayuk, and i'm really excited about this i love dude that's a good pick i was considering him i mean i usually do like going late run quarterback like both of you but lamar sitting there around five is just i think it's just the value i think he's gonna finish much that mark andrews obj travis Etienne, dak prescott melvin gordon chase edmonds oh that's a terrible string of running backs raheem mostert and ronald jones chris is back oh i was looking at ronald jones for my next pick that's i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go wide receiver here but i'm not absolutely sure if i love t higgins (laughs) okay Ooh, this is tough i love Cortland sutton as well i know calvin will be mad if i take him but I'm eyeing another guy down here, and I that guy is DJ Chark. Ooh, I'm really excited about. Mm. Um, I was off. I've also got the option of Dallas Goddard, but I think I'm gonna go down here. I've already got Brandon Ayuk, so I'd love to have another potential guy since we're only starting two wide receivers. I think I'm gonna grab DJ Chark. James Robinson is next. Hutchinson, you're back up. Yeah, so I'm back up here. 
I've got my running backs and my receivers filled. I got my quarterback in Lamar Jackson last round. And I'm looking at receiver. I'm looking at receiver. I'm looking at running back here. But there's a guy that I have to take here. It has to be Cortland Sutton. I can't. Amazingly, he got back to me. I can't not pass up Cortland Sutton in that spot. David Johnson wins. I can't believe that both of you passed on T. Higgins. I'm fine with the Cortland Sutton pick. I think I like the Cortland Sutton pick better than DJ Chark because you guys know I love Cortland Sutton as well. But, like, oh, my gosh. T. Higgins is going to be a star. I love T. Higgins, but it's – I'm a little concerned. Joe Burrow threw so much. AJ Green vacates over 100 targets. I'm perfectly fine with this. He can be a stud. We saw what he did when Burrow was on the field. I know Jamar Chase. I think (laughs) Jamar Chase can take 100 targets this season, maybe more. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that much more than A.J. Green. I don't know if we need to see that much regression at all from T. Higgins, which, I mean, if he does what he did last year, I mean, that's really good if he can put that over a full season as my wide receiver, too. Yeah, Chase Claypool is going to get the volume, though, man. I think Corlin Sun's going to see the easy, just tons and tons of volume from Drew Locke. That's fair. I mean, I guess I'm just glad one of them got back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chase Claypool. I'd be happy with that. I'd be very Chase happy. Claypool went, Dallas Goddard, Russell Wilson, Damian Harris, Mike Davis, and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, dang it. I'm back up. I was looking at Davis next round, but I think I've got a couple running backs that I'm cool with. This is my three. Ooh, I have a decision, a big decision to make here. Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't deal with this. Goodness gracious. Okay. I don't think Herbert is on the board. That long turn is really killing me right now. Oh my goodness. Justin Herbert is on the board. That's craziness (laughs) right now, man. I guess there's just one flex. I mean, I can get consistent. Uh, I mean, I could like I would like to shore up my wide receivers. My roster is set. My roster, like my receivers, running backs, and quarterback and tight end, they're all filled except for my tight end already. I've got everything filled up, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy with it. All right, I've got like 15 seconds. I guess I'm just gonna have to stick with my heart. And instead of going Javante Williams, who I really want because of the one flex, have to take Tyler Boyd. Yeah, give me the consistency to go with Adam Thielen. That's a good one. So now I'm on the clock here. I could go tight end and Noah Fant, get a Broncos stack here. I could go running back and get my third running back. I – oh, man, this is tough. Wow. <laughs> this oh, is man. very, very, very tough. I'm look, I might take a tight end. That would frustrate you guys a lot. Oh, man. No, you know what? Oh, dang it, this is so frustrating. It's so difficult. Um, I got 40 seconds. Okay. Oh, man, I'm having second thoughts about my pick. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really, really like Zach Moss this season. I think I'm mm-hmm. going to take – I think I'm going to take him here. I'm going to take Zach Moss. Justin Herbert. Wow. Smith overrated Schuster went. So now you're taking Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, I normally wouldn't go quarterback this early because I really like a guy like Daniel Jones and a guy like Ryan Tannehill, but I I love that Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler stack. Dude, Justin Herbert on the board right now is crazy. He's being drafted. Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler stack. I am loving that at the 708. He's drafted as the QB8. Debo. Robbie Anderson, Robert Tenyon, Kenyon, or James Conner. Oh, Kenyon, yes. Javante came back, too. Javante came back. That's unbelievable. I can't believe it. Oh, my. Wait. Jamar Chase is still there, too. Ooh. Jamar Chase has a lot of upside as well. 
Oh my goodness. Wait, Jamar Chase went after Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Oh wait, yeah, I realized I could have well, I needed to save. I needed to save. I am I love Javante Williams, but Jamar Chase is gonna step in and be the guy right away. Give me Jamar Chase. Dang it. Oh my god. Wow, that was a that's a great turn for me, Jamar Chase and Dude, uh, dude, I was looking at Jamar Chase. I was looking Man, I was really looking looking forward to have Jamar Chase on my team. I thought he was going to sneak by. Kyle Pitts is here if you're interested in your tight end. I, Dude, I think that's going to be my pick. Oh. I think Kyle Pitts might be my pick. I really like – I like Kyle Pitts a lot this season now that Julio looks like he's going to be gone. But there's also a receiver down at the board a little bit that if I don't get, I'm going to be – wait, hold on. No, he didn't get taken yet. Yeah, he didn't get taken yet. Okay. Sorry, wait, where's his name? I'm trying to find him. Yep, there he is. Okay. So I mean if I don't get the if I don't get Kyle Pitts, I think I could be still okay at tight end. Because a lot of the teams that I'm looking at right now, all the teams except team three have a tight end before my next pick. So there's only one team that has a tight end. And all of these teams that are before my pick could go receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if anyone go receiver. So I'm taking Jerry Judy. I really like him this season. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe he got all the way back. The guy I was having second thoughts on got back from the 704 to the 809. I was scared. I was so sad because I realized I might have wanted Javante Williams over Tyler Boyd. I was I couldn't. I was tilting so hard on that pick, but now I get both. Javante will take over this backfield. I have confidence. And to have Tyler Boyd and Javante Williams both sitting on my bench, that's incredible for bye week. No! Oh, Kyle team Pitts. three took Kyle Pitts. Dang it. That was the one team. That was the one team that would take a tight end, and he took Kyle Pitts. That was frustrating. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's tough. I keep getting sniped. I, I'm... I keep getting pissed off at everybody right now, man. <laughs> Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown, Tony Pollard, Corey Davis, Jarvis Landry, Kyle Pitts. Oh, Ooh. man. Where do I go here? Oh, I know where I go. Oh, wait, do I? There's two quarterbacks on the board that I really like. And to be honest. Oh, man, I'm – dude, I would – there's a pick right now that I would easily just smash take right now. But I, I could I could, I, get the, I could get the Bengals stack. But I feel like this guy might even be just a little bit better this year for redraft. Tom Brady is throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Gronk. He was a stud in the second half. That was the guy I was talking about. It was definitely Tom Brady. But, I mean, I wouldn't take him because I have Lamar Jackson on my team. But I would definitely look at uh, Tom Brady at this spot. If I didn't have a quarterback and I had your team right now, I would smash Tom Brady at that spot. Oh, yeah. He's such a value this year. So now I'm looking. I still don't have a tight end. I think every single team – oh, no, wait. Shoot, three teams still don't have a tight end. Logan Thomas is available. Oh, I would take Irv Smith over Logan Thomas. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm oh, right no, 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 no. I'm surrounded by – oh, my goodness. Yeah, I would take Irv Smith over Michael Thomas. And there's a lot of receivers – there's a lot of receivers I like that could definitely easily fall to me and running backs. There's a lot of guys – I like that could fall to me. Not too many tight ends left, so I'm grabbing Irv Smith. Oh, all right. Logan Thomas is next. Chris, who you Oh, know? Chris. You're going to be in trouble at tight end, bro. Just I know. Smith, um, just I was going to get one of those guys. Um, yeah, you, this now. is why you shouldn't have taken Herbert, because now you have Burrow sitting there two rounds later. You could have had Fant or, or Pitts. 
I'm happy with. The, I needed that Herbert Eckler stack though. I think that's okay, just that's, worth yeah, it. Herbert Eckler stack is is gonna be beyond. That's it's gonna be dominant. Like that's a yeah, lot. Of things. Crazy. I'm so happy. I'm gonna wait until next round to get my guy, but uh, I think I know who you're going for. I think that I'm. Oh wow, I have a really tough pick right here because I don't need wide receivers, and right now wide receivers are looking the best in my opinion. From oh, the spot. there's a receiver right now I really, really, really want. Devonte Smith, right? Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. How could oh, you guess? It? If you guys are curious, <laughs> Hudson's profile pick on sleeper is Devonte Smith. <laughs> no. Oh, don't do it. I I really don't like to do this because this is way too early. But I feel like I can't pass up the value here. And like I'm gonna be taking. Oh gosh, I'm sorry, Hutch- Hutchinson. Because I've decided between Visca. Oh. Five, four, three. Give me Visca. I don't know. Visca Chenault. Oh yes. Devin Singletary, Naheem Hines, Ryan Tannehill, Devontae Smith, Joe Burrow, Trey no! Sullivan, Matthew Stafford, and Jamal Williams. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's another guy I really want. Don't take him. Chris is back. Oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. Oh, no, but I'm not going to get him now. Dang it. I need oh, him. Oh, you know who it is, right? I I've tweeted a lot is, yes. about this guy before. I've tweeted a lot about this guy before as a value. Yeah, yeah the guy, I, don't, I actually don't know who this is. I'm not on Twitter that much. So I don't know who you guys have been tweeting about. But the guy I'm no, going to be taking me. is a rookie who I think is going to step into the number one spot pretty early okay, on. Michael Carter. That's a Devontae good one. Devontae Parker is next. Hutchinson got his guy. Gus Bus, let's go, baby. I needed him to cup yes. Dobbins, but it's okay. I have a lot of running back depth. I'm but, going Gus Bus. That was the guy, right? That was the guy you were thinking yeah, of. That was the guy. I needed him for Dobbins. I'll trade you for yeah. him after the draft. <laughs> yeah, that's Three a good going. pack. Tariq Cohen is next. There's some interesting guys here. Yeah, I'm totally cool with Gus Bus as my RB3. Like, I could have not taken Zach Moss and taken, like, Kyle Pitts as my tight end or someone else, and I feel like I would have been much happier with my team because Gus Bus has our high-end RB2 upside this season with the power of that rushing offense. He's going to be the 1B. Like, they're going to give him tons of work, and he's just gonna he's going to be amazing this year. In fact, right, I'm going to try to grab a couple more productive wide receivers, and we talked about him earlier in the show. Antonio Brown is going really mm, underrated. Good he was stuck the second nice. half of the year, but he's being drafted. Like, I got him at the 10-09. That's crazy. No, no, no. Tight ends. I need the tight ends to stop going. I need the tight ends to stop going. <laughs> I, <laughs> might just, I might just troll Chris and take a tight end next round. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I know. Michael Gallup, Chanu, Matt Ryan, Evan Ingram. That's um, – you should have – I mean, I'm going to consider that. You're not going to take him. Um, oh, I know. You're not going to take him. Oh, you know I'm not okay. There's two wide receivers I'm between. No chance. There's no chance you take. There's two wide receivers I'm between. I just don't know which situation I like better. One of them. Oh no, it's a receiver. I'm gonna go with my heart. I'm gonna go with Chris's film. One of them has the better quarterback. No. Two of them is worse than Trevor Marvin Jones. Who are you you considering? Because I think I'm gonna take him right now. It was Jalen Waddle who I was considering. Oh, Jalen Waddle. I'm not going Jalen Waddle. I'm going Darnell Moody. Okay, like Lindsay was the pick before that, and Daryl Henderson is the pick after that. Yes, I have my choice between two good tight ends. Very happy. <laughs> I mean, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, Rob Gronkowski, Austin Hooper are not good, I don't think. Yeah, I would call them good, but I'm glad that they're here. The guy yeah. I really want right now is Michael Pittman, but I don't have five wide You should just get Gronk. No, O.J. Howard, dude. Remember, O.J. Howard's coming back. O.J. Howard's season. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know about OJ Howard. I think I'm going to go with uh, with my gut here. And just because John struggled at times last season. And so I just think that gives some room for Hunter Henry. I'm going to go ahead and grab him. Oh, I might. I would have taken Cole Komet for the upside there. Mike Williams. I think I can get him in the later rounds. Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman, James White, Austin Hooper, Zach Ertz, Gronk, and Chris is up again. All right. Mm -hmm. Shoot, who am I going to This is a guy that finished as RB9 at the end of the season last year, over the last. (laughs) Over the last, uh, I think, second half of the season, ninth, week nine through sixteen, this guy was the RB nine. I'm gonna go ahead and tag him. Yeah, everyone's taking Calvin's handcuffs, dude. That was the last running back I liked on the board. Oh man, that was tough. Well, I feel bad for you, Hutchinson. You sat between us, so you had to be like worried about being sniped every pick. (laughs) I know. I have to worry about being sniped every single pick. But now, like, I'm looking here, I'm deciding between two receivers, and one I feel has much more upside. I'm, I know who it is. He's a higher, he's a higher, <laughs> he was drafted very high in this draft. Well, actually, no, I'm changing. Wait. Oh, my God. I'm going Rager. I'm going Jalen Rager. Oh, that's the guy that you were originally talking about. Okay. No, um, I was talking about, I was talking about Henry Ruggs. Because okay. he was drafted in 11th spot. But, look, Jalen Rager with Devonta Smith going to distract the top corner. Jalen Rager is going to have a lot of opportunity to shine. And look, he might suck. Like, he might just totally suck. But he's going to have the opportunity at this point in the draft. Like, I'm just looking at opportunity. Like, just yeah. I'm just looking for the opportunity for someone to shine. And I'm not – because, look, I already have, like, my three – like, my four running backs, my four receivers that I'm comfortable with. Since this is only a one-flex league, I don't really need too much depth, depth for, before I can start taking shots. I like mm-hmm. Jalen Rager at this spot. All right, I will go with. I wasted um, half your clock. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, guys. Oh man, I mean, I feel like I, I guess the pick's got to be Blake Jarwin. I feel like he can make a difference coming back. He's a solid backup tight end, so I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that pick. Calvin. I would have taken. I would have taken Cole Komet. Oh, that, that's fair. I was considering it. I am Cole Komet with Justin Fields as the new quarterback. Blake Jarwin could definitely make an, uh, an impact with Dak as the quarterback coming back, and with this offense. <laughs> I mean, all right, Jamison Crowder, Nelson Aguilar, Henry Ruggs, John Brown, Eric Ebron, Cole Beasley. I'm back. Uh, I probably, dang it, kind of wanted John Brown. That's okay. There's some guys here that. Wait, Calvin, do you have a quarterback yet? Oh, yeah, you do. You took Tom Brady. Sorry. I think yeah. everyone has a quarterback, right? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking at backup quarterbacks right now. I'm looking at a backup QB because there's nobody really here that I'm like, if they didn't get back, I'd be really sad. So I'll just have to figure out the rest of my picks later. But. I'll give me Baker Mayfield. He was actually quietly very, very productive last year. When he gets a bad matchup, I can plug him in, and I can expect a huge game. It's very possible. Sterling Shepard goes next, so Hutchinson, you're back. So I could make Chris. I could. I mean, I could make. Yeah, I could make Chris really pissed off right now because there's because there's a QB on the board that I know you really like. <laughs> you're <laughs> being very inconspicuous. No, no like guys, the player I want you guys won't even realize what has happened. That I just and he I might can't. be on the Giants. No, stop, stop. <laughs> I could make him really mad right now take because I know he's not going to make it back to me. I know Daniel Jones will not make it back to me. But there's another – there's a receiver on the board that I really, really, really like. How many receivers do you have? You have you have six receivers, though. Like, typically I have people... six receivers. I do have a lot of receivers. I could just take the back quarterback and hope he breaks out. And Normally you only want, like, around five receivers, right? I would say six if you're not – like, because in this range I'm avoiding the running backs. Like, that's why I wanted um, McKissick because I, there's not another running back I want. I'll probably just go into the season with four of them. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, never mind. I'm not going quarterback. I'm going quarterback next year. I'm taking Rashad Bateman here. 
Oh, that's a smart pick. I mean, hey I guys, this is the guy that you guys well. all forgot about. Kevin Coleman is next. Meet my friend, Deshaun Watson. Oh my gosh! Whoa! You're gonna bet on it? You're gonna bet on him being available? I'm not. Oh I'm not. I mean, I look at that at that at that range. That's a that's a good pick. But there's, I'm not touching him. I'm not touching him anywhere. I, I just, I'm just like, especially in dynasty, his value is so high. Why not sell him? If there's someone that still believes in Deshaun Watson, believes that he comes back, why not sell him so high? Because if, especially in dynasty, if he busts and he's like out of the NFL, like that's a, that's a. Yeah, I, I've just seen the news sort of start to fade away a little bit. Like we're not hearing yeah, about it as much. Yeah. I've, I've heard multiple rumors of settlements coming. It's being worked out in the courts. They're keeping it away from the public. And I think that's all really good signs. So I, I just think everything's starting for you, it's a good sign. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm very, very scared. Okay, the picks: Marlon Mack, Darius Slayton, McCall Hardman, Christian Kirk, Giovanni Bernard, Cole Komet. Kirk Cousins, I'm gonna go ahead Lazard, and, and uh, grab my backup tight end. Justin Herbert's your guy. I'm not. As a QB two, with Justin Herbert's your guy. That's totally fine with me. Oh yeah, that's yeah. great. That's yeah, I just wanted the upside pretty much. I'm gonna go ahead and grab my backup tight end here, and I'm gonna reach a little bit down the board and grab David Njoku. Whoa, interesting. Wait, why am I like? Oh, you're so you want Austin Hooper's backup as your backup? I don't think he's going to be a backup. I trust David Njoku. He's shown a lot of good flashes. And I think Njoku, gonna I think his ship has sailed. One for them. I think David Njoku is going to be tight one for them. Carson yeah. Wentz went. Wentz went next. So Hutchinson, you're back on the clock. Well, I'm back on the clock, and Daniel Jones is still on the board. But also, Tua Tagovailoa is on the board. And I really love. I really like Tua a lot this season. I'm going to take. I'm gonna take my backup QB and it, look if he breaks out as a QB one, like has that top five season or whatever, or top eight season, like you know, we Trevor can Lawrence, trade him. You, I like that's why I like drafting two quarterbacks. It's not really to have two quarterbacks on my team because I mean I could just play the streaming game when on the bye week, but I like having the upside of a guy that could be a QB one, and then I maybe I could trade him for some value. Maybe get a good rate, like maybe get if my one of my receivers bus or one of my running backs bus, I could have a backup option and give him Tua. Because if I have two QB ones on my team, someone doesn't have a QB one, which mm-hmm. means they're gonna want somebody. Where they're gonna want somebody, unless they're gonna totally go into the streaming game, which is totally okay. Right. Having that starting quarterback you can trust is something that is really nice to have. Tua and Trevor went next. It's my turn. Oh my goodness, my well, I, I just almost forgot about him. I'll take six wide receivers and four running backs because my uh, JD McKissick was gone. But Elijah Moore is going to break out this year with Zach Wilson. Mark my words, my wide receiver depth. Like I'm so happy I established this wide receiver depth behind Adam Thielen. I picked up T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Antonio Brown, Marvin Jones, and Elijah Moore. That should more than compensate for get. Uh, I love, I love, love my receivers right now. I think I've got a lot of upside. I've got Calvin Ridley, Mark Cooper, Cortland Sutton's my three, and then Jerry Judy, Darrell Moody, Jalen Reagan, Rashad Bateman. I think I've got a lot of upside with this team, but Calvin Ridley, Mark Cooper, Cortland Sutton are that those three safe guys I can depend on almost every week. But then All I right. have another four that I think could have massive breakouts. Denzel Mims, Carlos Hyde, Sonny Michelle went. Then and the kicker round. Justin yeah, Tucker, Marcus. Harrison Butker, and then Young Haiku got sniped from me, who I was super high on last year. Took a victory lap. But um, <laughs> the, the kicker hype was real last year. Yeah, Calvin was literally like Young Wake, who's number one fan, and then Calvin. Jackson. <laughs> oh man, uh, no, I, I was I'm, I, I need him. I needed him on my Calvin team because he was so underrated. 
Um, Let's see. I'm thinking between two kickers. It's Will Lutz or uh, Jason Sanders. Well, how about Washington? The Washington football team ranked as the number one defense. Uh, I would. There, dude. I, dude. I love the Washington football team defense. I wouldn't say yeah, me too. I would say one, but I love. I love that defense. Okay. I mean, Sanders has. I feel like Sanders was just so good last year. He's proven he can perform even if two was a little shaky. So give me Jason Sanders. There goes Will Lutz. uh, Hutchinson, you're back on the clock. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm just going to take the kicker that's that's going to score tons and tons and tons of points. It's going to be Greg Zerlin. They're that, both Blankenship. Chris is up now. I was no. considering Blankenship, but that Dallas offense is just going to score tons of points. Means We're talking about an Arizona kicker here, and one that's proven that he's a, he's a really good long-distance kicker. I'm going to go ahead and grab Matt Prado here in this Arizona offense. That's Wait, a- he's, oh, he's on Arizona. I didn't even know. Wow, that's awesome. Mason Crosby, Robbie Gold. Jason Myers, Tyler Bass, then the Eagles oh, defense. The first defense. Wait, what? Are they like, I feel like they thought it's, I thought, the AI pick, pick logic saw your, saw your logo. Well, I was like, going to take the Giants defense, but the Washington football team is waiting right here for me. Don't mind. Yeah, what? what is going on? If the defenses are not working right now. The Eagles, Dude, Patriots, Eagles Saints. What? Vikings. The one is so dumb. You think the football team is... The oh. Texans defense went after you picked. What? I'm oh, pretty like, sure. Okay. Uh, I'm right, looking at this. Taking, well, I'm taking the. Hold on, wait. That's oh, man. Okay. I'm, I'm, taking, going I'm, on. Taking Rams, I'm taking Rams D. Okay. Giants! Yes! The Giants win. The Giants win. Sleeper's a good app. But I think that it's just their defenses are all ranked at the bottom, like all next to each other. So the pick logic is was like taking defenses that were like middle of the pack yeah, or were like Ravens, the top. The Ravens defense is ranked is at the bottom three of the list right now. They're okay. ranked all the way down. Steelers. Steelers okay. are right there, Calvin. Steelers are right there too, yeah. I would um I would take either Tampa Bay or San Francisco here. I'll probably go San Francisco because Tampa Bay gets Oh the Steelers. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, oh, yeah. sure. The spe- oh, yeah, with the number one defense. Thank you for reminding me. I'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. That's it. Woo! Oh, oh right. man. What a draft. What a draft. Okay. All right. Let's read our final teams real quick. I know Hutchinson, you have to go in a few minutes. Right, well, here, do you want to do a, a position by position comparison? Like, we both just give like a quick thing. Like, we b- read off all our quarterbacks and we decide who has the best. And then we do, you know. I mean, Hutchinson, if you have time for that, we could. What do you I think? mean, I. I've got like five minutes. I would probably just have to do like a position, like um, just read off the teams and kind of just do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll start. My right. quarterback, Tom Brady. Here's my starting lineup Tom Brady, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson, Adam Thielen, T. Higgins, TJ Hawkinson, J.K. Dobbins, Jason Sanders, Pittsburgh defense, Tyler Boyd, Javante Williams, Antonio Brown, Marvin Jones, Blake Jarwin, Baker Mayfield, and Elijah Moore. I'm loving this squad. I don't know if I could get any better than this. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. League winning squad right here. I'll read off mine. I've got my quarterback, Lamar Jackson, my two running backs, Jonathan Taylor, CEH. My two receivers are Calvin Ridley and Mari Cooper. My tight ends, Irv Smith. I got Cortland Sutton, Greg Zuerlin, and the Rams defense. Then I got Zach Moss, Jerry Judy, Gus Edwards, Darnell Mooney, Jalen Rager, Rashad Bateman, Tua Tugavailoa. Look, that's a squad. I I really, really like it. I just, I, I mean, I, I don't have a very safe floor. My depth doesn't have a lot of safe floors, but I do have a lot of upside on my depth with with Darnell Moody, Jerry Judy, Zach Moss, Jalen Rager, Rashad Bateman, Tua Tagovailoa. 
I've got a lot, a lot of upside. I usually like having a lot of upside on my bench because, you know, like if they break out and have great seasons, like, you know, like I'm going to be able to start them and maybe trade some away because I have too many great players on my team, maybe get some value somewhere else. But look, I love the Jonathan Taylor CEH. And then I have Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman stack. I love that. And Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, I'm very, very high on this season, especially with Julio leaving. Calvin Ridley is probably in my top three, maybe top one receiver. He might be my wide receiver one if Julio actually gets traded. But I, I really like my team. I yeah, really he's got the potential to be. That's a great squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, but Calvin, that, those three running backs together, along with those three receivers, like those three receivers are not like, I don't think, I don't, I don't like your receivers as much as my receivers, but they're still pretty solid. And then those three running backs on top of it and TJ Hawkinson with Tom Brady. Dude, I think that's good. That's a pretty smash team. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think next time we do this on the show, which will probably be in a few weeks, probably do some different roster settings, maybe an extra wide receiver and flex spot to experiment with all of those for those of you who played those kinds of leagues. I mean, our teams are looking pretty stacked. Chris, read off yours. It's also looking awesome. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, at some point, if Deshaun Watson is able to play, I'm going to have the option between Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson. So I kind of want to conclude that with a slash. In the I, would, I would trade. I mean, if both of them play this year and they're both great, dude, just trade one of those guys away. Yeah, I know. Exactly. You need money. a tight end. But for now, I can, that, I can kind of put a slash in between them. Kind of depending your on tight end, Your tight end position is going to be your you know, fall. Right. Yeah, so tight end is, is where I fall short. But, I mean, getting Deshaun Watson in the, the 13th round, I mean, there were guys like Tevin Coleman and Marlon Mack going around him. All right. Yeah, your yeah, team, then, Justin Herbert, so. Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Kenny Galladay, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Hunter Henry, that's like the one weak spot. I mean, other than that, mm-hmm. this team is really stacked. I just Your tight end is a major weak spot, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris, because I don't even think Hunter Henry is the best tight end on his own team. He might no, have written out for Jonu a little bit. Yep. Najee Harris, Matt Prater, football team defense. And then this depth, though, is awesome. DJ Chark, Jamar Chase, LaVisca, Michael Carter. J.D. McKissick, Sean Watson, and Najoku, who I just don't like your tight ends. But other than that, that's like 14. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm really looking at. I've got Jamar Chase, DJ Chark, and Visco on the bench. I can totally try and package one of those with like uh, with Hunter Henry for a good tight end. So that's what I'm really excited about. Only, I mean, outside your tight end, the only problem is your running back depth. Uh, You have those strong three. But it, like, if you're stuck and you have to start Michael Carter, J.D. McKissick, I wouldn't be too. Yeah, but the, the thing about it is I have three running backs. And – I would be more concerned, but I know that like probably two of them I'm going to be com- definitely comfortable with playing unless I get really unlucky with injuries. But I can always go yeah. a wide receiver at flex, and I've got so many. Yeah, you have so many receivers at flex. Yeah, I think I think you're fine. Just if you get hurt at if you get hurt at running back, you get pretty unlucky at running back. Like that that starting Michael Carter and or JD McKissick is not going to be fun. Yeah, so especially in half PPR yeah. because JD McKissick in half PPR he actually wasn't very impressive. He was only very very impressive in PPR. In I mean, PPR. weeks in half PPR, weeks 9 through 16, he was RB9. So Half PPR? Yep, RB9. Really? Yeah, I mean, he was actually – I mean, Gibson was hurt for part of that, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is fair. But, man, that's that's way yeah, higher. I know. I, we were doing second half stars, and Calvin and I were shocked at that one. Was that's crazy. <laughs> man. Yeah. All I right. did not think that at all. That's crazy. All right. Well, yeah, that was this was a long episode. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Hutchinson, for coming on. If you guys want to yeah, follow check him, on him out, Twitter, check out his podcast. His podcast is very good. If you didn't tell about how good his analysis was on here, uh, he has an incredible podcast. Definitely go check it out. The Young Fantasy Mind podcast, football podcast. You can find it. Just search The Young Fantasy Mind wherever you listen. Follow him on Twitter at TYFMNFL. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF. Chris is at Chris underscore SGF. The podcast is at SGF pod and our live sports talk show where we do weekly shows and broadcasts. We moved those, the weekly shows to Wednesday for the summer. It's at SG sports talk. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, thank you Hutchinson for joining. I had a blast on this show. It was a longer show and I'm already looking forward. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe we'll, we'll try, maybe we'll try to get you back on the next mock draft show we do in a few weeks. That was a lot of fun. Dude, I would love that, man. That would be so much fun. I loved drafting with you guys. A little frustrating to be in the middle, both of you sniping me the whole time, but it was still very, very fun to draft with you guys. It was so awesome. All right, yeah. Thank you for joining. It was a pleasure to have you. Um, Thank you for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.